Here we go. The man, the myth, the legend, the one and only gas trader himself, Bill Perkins, joining the stream. What uh, what's, what's going on with your boy, man? We are, I don't know. I mean, um, Doug's throwing on some new twists and, uh, you know, Daniel has to go to school again, right? Like he wasn't really prepared for this limp business. And and I think it's smart by Doug to to go ahead and implement that strategy. One, it's going to confuse Daniel, right? Like he's got to he's got to go to school. He hasn't really been prepared for responses to a limp strategy n preflop. Never mind further down the game tree, right? Right. Flop turn river, and uh, it's going to reduce his variance, right? Like Doug doesn't need to be having any more three hundred thousand dollar losses, right? right? Right, three hundred ninety thousand dollars losses. Like that's that's not gonna fare well when you're laying odds on side bets, right? So, you know, Daniel's gonna take his time. So this is strategy, right? Like this isn't just uh, Daniel wants to get his goat and and see Doug kind of get pissed off, call Galfond and and kind of bemoan it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's strategic, right? Like he can't. He can't be whizzing through these scenarios having just learned it, you know, for a couple hours. Right. Uh, um, uh, and, and and battling against, like, arguably, you know, top 10, top 5, heads up, you know, no limit poker player, right? Like, so that's part of it. And if Doug gets tilted off of that, well, that's just bonus, right? Yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm getting some sick, twisted pleasure out of this, to be quite honest, um, because... You know, it's like, I think Doug was very smart to implement a limp. I think it's what we were most critical of with Venny Vitti whenever he lost the challenge to Gelfon after being up a million. It was just like he never wavered. He was so convinced that he was making X amount of big blinds per hundred that he never adjusted his strategy and Phil proved otherwise. Phil proved that it was just negative variance and uh, that, you know, given a slightly more volatile strategy, he could he could fight his way back in. So Doug, having enough money on the line on the side making that strategic adjustment and saying like, look, I'm trying to ensure that I finish this challenge up plus $1 because I have way more money out on the streets inside bets and I'm laying a huge price. That makes perfect sense to me. How the fuck does that translate into now my opponent made a counter strategy and I am livid? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know if it's part theater you know, kind of like, you know, the flop on the soccer <laughs> field, yeah. right? Like he pushed me that type of game, yeah. thing going to, to rage to kind of maybe go Daniel into playing faster. I mean, I think obviously if I was in Doug's shoes, I would want Daniel to play more tables and faster. Yeah, of course, right? of course, 100%. And, 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 and got this done. I don't, I don't want Daniel playing a hundred hands and then going into lab and, and learning and learning, you know, what are the correct responses here? Yeah. Right. And I, I think like, you know, uh, I, I don't know what took place in the Galfond uh, mediation, and maybe you have something you can share there. I, I'm not really sure. It seems like the consensus was that Daniel was going to play faster on the button, um, but still be able to take his time on all other decisions, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, we we almost wagered on it amongst ourselves or guys who are sweating it that like there could be no decision except for there's nothing we can do. But yeah. clearly, Gal, Galfond was like, hey, on the on the button. It makes sense for you to act a little bit quicker, right? Not use the whole timer, and 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 I can I can I can respect that because Daniel's not um, implementing the limp strategy, and you know, right. there's no need to unnecessarily slow down the game if, if, in that scenario. So that's a, that's a scenario. That's a decision we didn't really think through. I would have lost money on that. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I I didn't think that 
there's any way that it could have been more than a 10 second conversation with Phil just rolling his eyes saying like, Doug, there's nothing against him utilizing his time back however he sees fit. Um, right, but I, I, but that button scenario is 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 your first act. I mean, it's like, yeah, come yeah. on. If you, <laughs> you know have, I mean? if you only have one strategic option, then yes. I, I understand where they're coming from there. Um, so is this something from a viewership standpoint, is this something we can expect? Like, is this match going to get dragged out? I don't. I don't know. You know, it, what's Daniel's head and his coach's heads as he gets better? Will he play fat? You know, just go straight yeah. to the randomizer, right? Mm -hmm. On his on his timing tells, etc. Yeah, yeah. But uh, right. But uh, will he play faster? I, I think he will. You know. I think that there's right. like a compromise he could he could attempt to negotiate too, where uh, he could say, uh, "Listen, you want me to play faster." I want to drag this match out. Let's reduce it to one table and I'll, I'll act accordingly in a reasonable amount of time. He could do that or he could be like, let's take a week break. Yeah. 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 Um, let's take a week break and then go, go, go into the, you know, he can go into the I, lab. And I hope he doesn't do that though, because I feel like that is less favorable to him. Uh, if nothing else, just from a sheer emotional exhaustion standpoint, like Doug doesn't want to play another fucking hand of poker. He is ready to be finished. And even though a week adds to the length of this challenge, it's still a week where he's not playing and he kind of gets to uh, chill out a little bit. Sure, he'll be studying and whatnot, but right. um, you know, it's not the same as like having to show up three days a week and just yeah. participate in this grueling fucking match where you're against an opponent who's taking a minute 30 to finish every hand. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely grueling. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's been a long match full of lots of swings, you know? And there's a lot of variance in this match, like, you know? Yeah. The, the the whole thesis behind the the bets were is that the variance would be greater than the scale gap. Sure, which I, and, I think and, that there's a stronger argument for it now than ever. That that, that oh yeah, well I mean sure. there's there's also the fact that Daniel as he as time goes on, Daniel's going to get better at a faster rate than Doug will get better because Doug's already at the top of his game, right? right? Yeah. I'm not saying that he can't get better. I'm just saying that the rate of change will be will be um, favoring Daniel, and therefore there will be skill compression. Yep. Right? Yeah, Christian and, and I were- And skill compresses, then, then you, know, the, you know, Doug can't be, you know, X jillion to one favorite. Right. Christian right. and I were talking about that in the early onset of the match, that, um, you know, it made sense for Daniel to play as little as possible in the early goings and drag it out as much as possible, especially like over the first 10,000 hands, because Doug just has diminishing returns to his study. Uh, right. at some point he can't really dig too much deeper and find much more EV. Uh, you know, obviously that's not true. We don't know fuck all about this game in reality compared to right. like computers and Sims and stuff like that. But it's unlikely that he's going to discover some like massive EV edge as he puts in more and more hours. It's also less likely that he's motivated to do so because he already feels like he has a pretty big skill edge. Whereas Daniel is just like rapidly picking things up. You know what I mean? It's like the first... 10 hours of, of study may de decrease the, the loss per hundred that he has by like 20%. And the second, maybe 20 or 30 hours might cut it in half. So he's just like improving at such a rapid rate by comparison that it's not that shocking if they at some point reach a stalemate, even if only temporarily. Yeah, I, I, I that was my thesis. Um, you know, Daniel has great coaches and a great program that it's an accelerated learning program mm -hmm. and I, I believe in it that was part of the bet right like it's yeah. like okay yeah 
Daniel doesn't have this. He's just going to get mocked, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but he's got these, he's got the wizards of wizards and he's got a great accelerated learning program, which eventually, you know, they can get programming. It'll be out to the general public soon. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that, that skill compression would get inside variants and therefore he can't be a five to one dog or whatever it was people were betting at that time. I got to tell you, know? I hope that's right. Cause I took him at the worst price. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel mean, silly not getting him at six to one. It's not that bad. Like there's a lot of variants. He's, he's, I mean, with this limping strategy, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I haven't run a sim on that, whatever. But like, I think I was told that if you have two heads up player of equal skill set, the one standard deviation is plus or minus 40 buy-ins. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I didn't. I didn't think Doug was outside that. Yeah, I'm really. I'm really surprised. That that's that's a lot. That's one standard deviation, and mm -hmm. so, you know, that, that that I felt like Daniel was in that within that, and you know, the laying the odds, you know, or or at the beginning, not even taking in the fact that he's learning, you know. Yeah. 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 You know, all, the all in EV right now is like Daniel's kind of like. You know, he, he's probably net down 266,000, not including that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if that, you know, those coin flips go the right way or they, they work out perfectly as the EV plays out, you know, Daniel's well within striking distance and he's still in striking distance. Yeah, I agree with that, uh, especially if this match gets longer and, and uh, they both kind of start operating in more shady portions of the, of the game tree, if you will, like areas yeah. that they're a little less uh, refined in. Um, so I kind of said in the early portion of this match or, or early portion of today's match that some sweeping statements were made on both sides that I think are, are a little bit flawed and misunderstood. Uh, Daniel said that Doug is very obviously losing win rate by limping. And Doug said the opposite in that uh, adding a limping strategy absolutely adds EV to your, to your uh, heads up game. And I think both can be true and neither can be unequivocally true. Um, at least not, at least not in the developmental stage. So of course, complica complicating your strategy at any point of the tree will add EV, assuming your opponents, uh, don't respond perfectly, in which case now it's just neutral EV. Um, so it is very likely that adding a limping strategy could increase his EV. So I think Daniel's wrong in that regard, but I think Doug just kind of insinuating that he's playing perfectly, uh, through the limping game tree is, is pretty crazy. They're both going to be in spots where they're like 50 to 100 SPR deep in post-flop scenarios. And those sims are very difficult to study because they're very big and complex. And then secondarily, the mistakes that are made off of that, if you make a 50 big blind mistake, or sorry, uh, if you make like a, a, a 10 pot mistake on the river, that's a lot of fucking big blinds. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's definitely a lot to learn. And so I, I, I you know... I want the variance, right? Based on the yeah. bets. I yeah, have. no, like, we I all do. Big, yeah, yeah, for sure. It, all the side betters who bet on Daniel are just like, we want as much variance as possible. Like, right. you know? Right, for and sure. So, so um, you know, I'm biased. I want action. Yeah. Um, and if, if, if I can't get the action, I want Daniel to be as up to speed as he possibly can when, while he's playing. Of course, so. of course. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that this doesn't play out like this the rest of the way. I think that if Daniel is able to stack up some wins, and uh, maybe cut into Doug's lead, we may see both less stalling and less limping. Um, but I could be wrong because Doug is pretty strict to staying 
staying the course with strategy he believes in. And maybe, you know, a five buy-in swing isn't going to change his mind. It may, it may not. It may not. He may just want to go trade games, GameStop. <laughs> he may want to get poker. I just want to trade GameStop. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, because I, I don't know shit about the market, but I've been fascinated. I've been watching all day. I mean, essentially, it's a crowdsourced short squeeze, right? Aided by some other hedge funds and, and front runners, et cetera, that, uh, an order flow. But um, it's, it's, you know, a company that had very had $1.5 billion due in 12 months, was losing money, was in a really bad spot, right? Mm -hmm. New fund comes in, says we're going to try and turn it around. You know, put some people on the board of directors. People look at the short open interest and be like, hey, we can, this can go, yeah. right? Uh, sort of rallied the troops in ways that are actually blatantly illegal on the boards, right? Mm -hmm. But like, usually the SEC doesn't go after small fries, right? They, they right. they're like, they like, they're not going to go after Joe Joe 200 shares. But in this situation where people are blatantly being like, "Hey, we need to don't sell and all get together and we can stop guys out," right? Like they're saying these words. There's just like the evidence right there publicly. Of what they're trying to do, which is is just blatantly illegal, and I, you know, I hear all kinds of people. It's not illegal, freedom of speech, whatever. I'm just like, okay, show me your series three, your series two, your series one. Show me all your, oh, show me your 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 training that you have yearly with with the uh, on on these securities regulations to to spout that off. And um, you know, the new head of the SEC is Gary Gensler, who used to be uh, part of the CFTC, and he's a no nonsense guy. Mm -hmm. So I, I I would expect to see some um, some enforcement actions. Did you happen to catch Shamath's interview this morning on CNBC? I saw pieces of it. I didn't catch the whole thing. Okay, he was he was kind of saying that the only difference in this instance is that uh, it's public money instead of institutional, and that. Uh, what you're what you're referring to is basically uh, a Reddit thread or multiple Reddit threads, Reddit forum, whatever, right. um, was basically outwardly saying like, this is our strategy, this is what we should do, and it's going to work. Uh, and Shamatha was drawing the parallel saying like, um, the only difference is that they're doing it in the public eye, whereas institutional money is usually doing it with like brain trust meetings or VIP dinners, or they're, they're basically discussing these strategies behind closed doors and still manipulating the market in their favor. Do you, do you think yeah, that there's I, I, much I mean, weight to that? To the, I mean, Shamont would know better than I whether or not guys are having dinners and colluding, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I'm not, I'm not privy to that. I mean, there's strategy session dinners and strategy, et cetera, like that. Um, but the only difference is that whether it's retail or not, there's a significant difference is, is that they're publicly and blatantly putting it out for everybody to see, like, we are going to do this. Like, yeah. most people, when they go to murder somebody, they, they, they sneak around, they come in the back door, they try and cover their tracks, you know, and it takes, like, a whole team of CSI to analyze your hairs and whatever to catch you. These guys are like, I am going to shoot you <laughs> in your porch at 3 p.m. Right. And me and my friends, they're going to come around the back and we're all going to blast you from all the whatever. And then they actually go and do it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's also a, a difference. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, These guys are publicly stating what they're going to do and executing on it. Whereas in these other cases, the SEC has to kind of try and discern intent. Right? right. Was your intent that you thought it was bullish and you want to buy it? Or was your intent to 
to run somebody out of their position, right? And that's really hard to prove, except for when you put it <laughs> on a bulletin board, yeah, right? And you give instructions to your friends on how to, what to do and how to, how to execute on this, right? And so, you know, my, my thing is, is like, you know, I put out a tweet. I was like, you know, I would never post this. And people are like, oh, you're a rich Wall Street guy saying this. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to protect you from going to the clink. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I guess to that end, do you think that maybe this will buck the trend enough or, or ruffle the feathers enough that we may see some changes on the institutional side where uh, maybe their feet are held to the fire a little bit more? Um, I, I would think so. I mean, I mean, it's tough to say after after like 2008 and nothing really changing. It's really difficult to say that this is going to move the needle. But I guess I'm just curious from your vantage point. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what to be changed. Like they, they have the rules in place. Right. And it's just really hard to catch people and discern intent. Right. Why are you buying? Because I'm right. buying because I think it's going to go up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so and so, you know, I, I don't know what you change. Like they're going to read your mind. Right. Or what's going on. Right. You, you're 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 you can buy for any reason except to manipulate the stock. Yeah. Or to trying to compel somebody else to 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 uh, do something else, and so yeah, Shemoth was kind of like insinuating that uh, the public money was able to discern that there was uh, an overdraw on the shorts, basically. So like the the shorts were well over a hundred percent, and they saw an opportunity there and just kind of capitalized on it. Um, and he said this is commonplace for again. I'm repeating because I don't know shit about the market, uh, but he was basically saying like this is pretty commonplace for. Uh, to, to happen on the institutional side. And it seems like everybody's feathers are ruffled because in this particular instance, the private money lost. Well, it, if you're buying it, you're saying, I think there's too many shorts and I have to cover and I think the market's going to go up. There's going to be buying pressure. That's, that's legit. Mm -hmm. You go out and you say, hey, so-and-so, I think we need to make a run on this stock. Right. That's not legit. Right. right? So it's the language so and the and the it, it, You know, it's like whether you teamed up, whether you brought in other people, whether you created a conspiracy. I mean, there's all kinds of nuances and, and, and that, you know, I get lectured about because we're, we're required to sit down and go through all these examples, right? Like, yeah. of, you know, cases that have happened. And, and, and quite frankly, for, at least from the commodity side, they've been very aggressive and very expansive with their interpretation of rules things that you would think that were normal and okay they're now kind of like nah we, we're gonna fine you or attack you or you know harass you etc and so for me it was quite shocking to see people publicly just bragging and boasting and posting it right they think well i'm just a small guy i'm only joe 100 lots not gonna come get me or yeah. whatever um, I, I still think that may be true right like we might be seeing something similar to uh like the the late 90s early 2000s when napster came out and everybody was being threatened uh for piracy laws where it's like if you download music you're gonna go to jail and there was like you know one or two examples of some random college kid who like had the book thrown at him but in reality they just couldn't police it when it was all said and done yeah yeah you can't you know you can't get, how are you gonna get ten thousand people right? right so like it's it's like really it's really like they're gonna look at the most egregious cases that are very easy, mm -hmm. right? And try and make an example out of those two people to shut everybody else down, right? It's kind of like everybody's a bad badass until they get punched in the face, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're just like, Let, let's punch two or three of these guys in the face, and then and let's see if they, everybody else calms down with this kind of rhetoric and talk. Uh, I'll be you know? curious. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if there can be a potential snowball effect uh, if if the public domain is actually intelligent enough to maybe rally and create like that crowdsourcing type of atmosphere that we saw with. Uh, music sharing. I mean, it changed the it changed the music industry forever, right? 
Uh, I don't think it's well outside of the realm of possibility to change the stock market as we know it. Yeah, I just, I just don't know how, right? I mean, it's just, you, you have a lot of people in kind of this collaborative crowdsourcing slash, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it is, like kind of, we all pile into this stock, we all pile yeah. into that, we yeah. all sell this, et cetera. Um, that is, is kind of wild. It's going to be out there. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're intelligently, let's take away the, the ethics and legality of it, right? Mm -hmm. They're 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 properly attacking a weakness in the system. Yeah. Right. Uh, in, in the way it is, and they're and they're, you know, the rules are, are, you know, to be sure, is dangerous. Right. <laughs> right. Because you have to have the shares. You can get bought in. You can get stopped out. You know what I mean? The price can go to any any price. Right. Whatever it prints. Then the guys margin you, and you just get margined out. Right. Yeah. In the spike out, and you're forced to buy. Okay. Normally. Normally, you don't see people um, coming in raiding and trying to stop people out of a, of a company that looks like it's heading towards bankruptcy. Right, right. right. Like, no profits, no cash flow, debt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but, you know, the momentum guys and these guys have figured out it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> if I print it at this price, you must buy. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you must buy and so must all your other buddies who are short, right? It's like Melvin Capital, everybody keeps talking about that. They're not the only shorts getting hurt, right? Mm -hmm. They were not 100% of the shorts. Right, right, right. Right. And so, you know, it, it's quite ingenious, you know, of them to 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 do this. It's just that the mechanism of action is going to cause them some problems. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of like what Shamath was saying was that uh, he was kind of championing for the little guy a little bit where it was like, uh, in a general sense, uh, you like he was speaking to the pundit. He was basically saying, like, you guys underestimate uh, the the intelligence of the public and they're doing this very precisely and very intelligently. They just may set themselves up, obviously, for potential gel. Time. Yeah, they're just missing the, the, the you know, the years of like people coming in the office like if you do this mm -hmm. you're gonna get invested if you do you know what i mean but in a way they're kind of protected in the crowd right only yeah. the people who are like clearly posting crap and doing this stuff and violating security laws whatever but the rest of them they're just like i don't know everybody else was buying i thought it was i, I, I was gonna buy it it was going up do there's you, nothing wrong with that do you right? think i'm they... not part of any conspiracy i'm not part of anything i just saw momentum and i bought do you right? think guys like chamath uh kind of signaling off of his social media profile uh that he's interested in dabbling uh a manipulate something like this and b he could be held culpable for it um i think i think um there there you know i had somebody come out to me and i i took the opposite side right they were like shamat is walking a very fine line mm -hmm. like you are promoting a Reddit thread publicly to get in stock. So basically, as stock advice, thinly veiled stock advice, right? Yep. With retweeting a Reddit thread. And in that thread is a conspiracy, and therefore you're part of conspiracy. Now, I, I was like, listen, that's specious reasoning. Yeah. I know these guys, they will try it if they can. Mm -hmm. Like, they love going after the big guy. If yeah, they yeah, could yeah. nail, yeah, yeah. If they could nail Chamont to the cross, mm -hmm. they 100% would, right? But you know, my position was like, nah, Chimat's not settling, he's not quitting, and that's a bullshit case. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. But my friend was like, listen, 
Has that ever stopped them before? Right. Like Mark Cuban had to go all the way to the mat on a zero case, spending millions of dollars, right? Yeah. To, to, to embarrass the SEC when they came after him for insider trading, which they had zero evidence whatsoever on, right? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, so my, my friend's point was like, that doesn't matter. Right. And it's <laughs> funny that like the SEC is willing to just like exhaust all those resources just to ultimately walk away with eggs on, egg on their face in hopes of what? I guess sending a signal flare that they won't tolerate manipulation. Well, I mean, you got to look at like where the money is, right? The enforcement budget of the CFTC and the SEC has exploded, mm -hmm. right? And they hire all kinds of people and attorneys or whatever, and they have to justify that, right? So right. they're going to bring cases and actions. They're going to be they're going to be be looking at things that they shouldn't even be looking at, right? Like, what are you doing, right? This is you're just being a pain in the ass. You're being harassing, right? Yeah. So when they get when they get something that they can sniff and they can like show the the their bosses bosses and the public that hey this budget was worth it you know this is this gazillion dollar budget that we have for enforcement was worth it see what see what we did and see what we prevented they're gonna go for it yeah you know guys make their careers off of these things right yeah that's true i guess there's probably a lot of people in that sector that are trying to move up the political ranks too so it's probably pretty important that they have a resume to demonstrate get promoted move to some other division move mm -hmm. x y and z it's like this is their this is their rank like they don't get promoted sitting there right, right. <laughs> doing nothing yeah. right it's funny the they way that i learned about any of this gordon. stuff was watching billions yeah they're all looking for the gordon gecko to take down right yeah yeah. <laughs> right? yeah you know they're michael milliken or whatever right like that's that's you know they're protecting the markets the integrity of their markets and whatever they're supposed to be doing and that's their incentive. And so people are like, oh, you know, a lot of people who've never um, dealt with an inquiry from the CFTC or SEC or had to deal with a lawsuit, like it is unbelievably overwhelming mm -hmm. to deal with these issues, right? Like when you're fa facing these trumped up charges and, and fines and et cetera, like a lot of people buckle, right? Like that's the tactic of the FBI, right? Yep. They'll charge you with like 18 gazillion years and you'll plead a five. <laughs> right, because sure. like, you want to see your daughter when you yeah. get out, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, right? Fear tactics, so, yeah. So you know, they, they, this is this is what they do, and 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 you know, um, my dad was a criminal defense attorney, and he told me like prosecutors, like their their thing is like, we're not about guilt or innocence. That's for a jury to decide. Right. <laughs> so this is going to ruin your life. In the yeah, meantime. I mean that that's shitty too, because like, uh, they have endless resources, right? They're, they're right. not tasked with the bill to no. to take this to the highest courts. And, no. you know, if you're not Mark Cuban with a billion dollars, you probably start pleading down pretty fucking quickly. Yeah, you're, you're looking for you're looking for an exit to 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 um, to just off ramp just to make it go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. my life is short. I don't have that much time to be doing this. I don't want to be whatever. What, what can I settle? Neither admit or deny and pay and make this thing go away. You know? Yep. Yeah, yep. we got sense. a nice little pot here on the left. Guess who I'm rooting for? <laughs> four bet pot. We haven't seen a lot of these now that the limping strategy is implemented. Uh, Jack four three two hearts. Doug starts with a check. I'm a little surprised. I would have thought he was. Oh, sorry, it's a four bet pot. I'm an idiot. For some reason, I was thinking he was the four better. So Daniel goes with a quarter pot. No shock there. I imagine Doug has some small check raises. 
mostly calls and folds though. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with Daniel's uh, progress in his play. I think everybody is. Doug was actually impressed when Doug is not mad at Daniel for playing slow or whatever <laughs> it is, or saying that he's lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> He he is he's been I, I think he would admit that he is impressed at the pace of Daniel's improvement. I'm I'm very, very impressed. Uh, and I know like I don't know how much of the stream you've watched. Uh I've almost to the point where I wanted to text Daniel and like apologize. I've been hypercritical, but only because like I'm the sports fan here. Like he's my dog. I have a fight I have a dog in this fight. And I'm rooting super hard for him. So it's just like there are some spots where it's like, ah, uh, like, aren't we just past that point now where we're, we're not gonna uh, adhere to this bet size or, or whatever? So like, I guess there was some frustrations on my side uh, being brought out, but also just like, yeah, the, the rate at which he has made himself a competitive heads up no limit hold'em player is fascinating to me in two, in two uh, capacities. One, um, just the ability to learn and retain that much knowledge that quickly and then also uh, apply it in a way that uh, is working. Um, but two, just the sense that there had to be a pretty big skill gap between Doug and Daniel to start. Even though Daniel has a long, illustrious career, it's not in the heads up streets, right? No, so, no, it's a totally different game. Yeah. Uh, as it, it's a totally different game. I didn't think it was that different, but it's, it's massively different. Yeah, you know? so uh, it, it kind of tells me that either Daniel's chops are or like his ability to uh, meld himself into any environment and compete are either far greater than anybody was estimating or heads up no limit hold'em is actually maybe uh, a little bit more digestible from a learning process than something like full ring or six max. And it could be, well, it could just be both. Yeah, but you're you're forgetting the third the third option, which I, I know like yourself why you have your, your teaching thing or whatever what's going on is is that Daniel has probably the most powerful accelerated learning tool there is. Right, he just has pure data, right? Well, it's it's more than that. It's a, he has he has access to the complete game tree and a, a ability to understand it and learn it at game speed mm -hmm. um, while 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 playing. Yeah. Um, and so it, it'll come out, and and I you know I don't want to ruin the, the big splash and sure, sure. out what's going on, but like he 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 has that tool available to him that no one has seen right mm -hmm. i've seen it a yeah. couple other private clients have seen it and and it's clearly i would never have made this bet without that accelerated learning tool that makes sense you also have to be a good student right like you, you can get into harvard but if you don't go to class you know whatever where, right? where do you rank you on can, the, you can uh, the student Bill perkins right go to the college of engineering and, and basically chase girls all, all the time right yeah and that's what i was gonna say where do you where do you rank as a student in all of this yeah, i'm like the worst of the worst well you uh do you still have the gelfon challenge going on yeah, I do. Um, and I actually um, can now probably execute the TOS. Like when I was, um, you know, a lot of people are like, what's going on with that? One, I got to be out of the, the domestic United States. Yeah. But two, the way their TOS works, it, it requires you to say that, you know, I am a, I'm a, I have St. Kitts citizenship mm -hmm. and, and whatever, but it requires you to say that you're not a resident of any of this place, right? Which right. really messed up my tax situation on where I was living. And I was like, I, see. I can't sign that. <laughs> yeah. But that, that part has come to an end. Um, and so I, I, we will be resuming and, and um, there we go. It's funny you know? how a little bit of red tape can like unforeseeable oh, red tape can just monkey wrench everything. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was like, like there's so much legal crap. It's unbelievable. 
I just I just go, well, it's either above or below my pay grade. I'll let those guys <laughs> deal with it. You know, I don't know which one, but it's not me. Right. The the match has been, I think, great for poker yep. in general. I mean, we've all been locked, various stages of being locked in our houses, you know, mm-hmm. or not, you know, and, and, and you know, there's no live poker going on and to speak, you know, and so people have got a lot of opinions and they get to argue and it's fun. There's been smack talking, et cetera, right? Like I, I'm appreciative that both of them are playing this game, right? Like you can't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I hate this team or, you know, they're, when yeah. they're playing sport, I hate this guy. I'm like, how can you hate the guy? Like without him, you got nothing to do. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you need a worthy opponent to conquer, yeah. right? Yeah. And and so I'm, I'm happy that you know, Daniel has become a worthy opponent and, and, and they're battling it out. We all get to, to watch this. Yeah, I agree. My initial text to Daniel was the day that he accepted it was, I'm so angry at you for making Polk relevant again um, <laughs> because he's just like, he's just such a force in the the poker community in the commentary space, uh, in the content space, whatever. And I mean that both positively and negatively. Um, it's just you know the way that he goes about it it's very trolly it's very uh i don't want to go so far as to say he's a straight-up bully but like you know he's he uses a lot of bully tactics and a lot of that is what got this match to actually come to be you know he kind of pushed daniel's buttons enough to the point where uh he couldn't take anymore and i thought daniel's response was like pretty great in the sense that uh he without without mincing words was just like this isn't about the money i don't care about that i'm going to be competitive in a way that like he could never expect and i think that that's what we've seen it's been super entertaining like um you know i said that last session when doug started implementing a limp strategy that is as big of a win for daniel as it would be if he comes out profit uh in the the plus when this is all said and done he forced an elite player to make a strategic adjustment that was obvious to the audience yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm proud of what he's doing. I, I think he's got you know more to give. You know, the only thing I ask of Daniel, like when I talk to Daniel, is like just do your best. Yeah. You do your best. I don't care what happens. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you do I your agree. best. I don't care. You know. You win, lose, whatever. So be it. You do know. You, uh, do you have any plans for any of these challenges in your holster? I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, it. I'm a terrible student. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? I'm just distracted things going on you know tweeting trading gas you know traveling so it's really hard for me to like sit down in in a game where like these mistakes get very very costly right uh and so um but i I wouldn't mind it if i got enough you know big blinds per hundred that's the thing That, that was kind of like what i was saying uh when doug sat out because daniel was stalling i went on a pretty long tirade about how insane it is that uh you know he's bothered by this where it's clear gamesmanship um but my sticking point was just like you goaded this guy into playing you in a situation where this match would never in a million years take place without you spotting some number of big blinds per hundred and like he just somehow accepted like he gifted you this this spot of what may have been like I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 20 big blinds per hundred to begin with. Maybe it's not that now, but at least, you know, the first few thousand hands, maybe up to 10,000 hands, he was just basically spotting Doug 10 to 20 big blinds to to get so pedantic that 
you're going to like throw a temper tantrum over the first sign of this guy making adjustments and doing things that are going to make your life a little bit more hellish. To me, it was just like outlandish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, I, thought, I just felt like Doug got tilted, you know, and yeah. he, he got tilted and, and it, it dangerous. And like, you know, that number dials down to like 300,000 in the, um, next couple of sessions like it's it's going to be that's gonna, all i people want people are going to be sweating bullets man that's all i want i just want this to be like sub 10 buy-ins going into yeah. the final couple thousand hands yeah people will be sweating bullets right like yeah. you know i'm pretty sure doug has it in his hand like he has like a calculator that's running like when can i fold every hand <laughs> he said he said that he's absolutely not going to do that he said he won't make a single strategic adjustment that harms his win rate um, which I don't believe. Uh, I guess maybe you can give me your opinion on that. I think his side action is too important. Otherwise, we wouldn't have saw the limps get implemented because if it adds he, like... It must a, mean the totality of his win rate, right? Because he's he's laying odds on the side, yeah. right? Oh, well, and, he, was, and, he was strictly saying in-game. He, he wouldn't even address the side bets. He just said he'll never make a strategy adjustment that hurts his big blind per 100. I mean, if I were a guy who also laid odds, I'd be angry at that statement. Of course. Of course. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, it's like, if you have it locked up with 200 hands left, he goes, I will never give Daniel back free money to win a dollar. Like, th that was what he said in his yeah, last post-game yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, I don't know. And then there might be other things, like, in a hand that he would call when if Daniel overbets the pot, he might fold. And, yeah. And, like, how, how could you... Even if he intended that, right? Like, mm -hmm. how could he separate his brain out and his intentions? Like, right. how could he know? Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, at some, it's like... At some point, you have to, like, be looking at the counter saying, like, okay, I'm only up. He's not trying to lose $2 million to win a dollar. Right. Like, he's just not that dumb. Right, right. You know what yeah. I mean? Totally So agree. I don't care what he said, his pride or whatever. Like, he's going to be like, I'm not here to lose $2 million to win a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it yeah. comes down to that. Like, if, if it's like, he's up whatever i don't know the math but let's say he's up like a uh, four thousand dollars and there's 10 hands left he's just folding <laughs> you right know what I mean? right and <laughs> and you know to be fair we can't see the whole card so like at least he would be able to hide behind the the mask of oh i just got really bad hand like i got bottom 20 percent of distribution that uh i would be stone angry at somebody who 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 execute that strategy yeah I, I i remember during the end of the galfon challenge when they were trying to uh figure out like at what point could Venny Vitti just fold his way out? I was so mad. I'm just like, my my initial reaction was just like, no, like Phil laid you a price. You can't do that to him, yada, yada, yada. And then I thought about it a little bit more and it's just like, what the fuck am I talking about? Like they obviously considered Endgame before they made the bet. Like Phil knew that there was a chance one or the other would be folding out. And it made for like one of the most riveting final matches we could have ever asked for. Because there were spots where, like, Phil was three or four betting, and it's like, if he just loses this pot, it's over. That's it. Like, this is the critical pot right now. He has to win. Yeah. Otherwise, the match ends. And he flirted with that line, like, four or five times throughout the course of the match. Yeah, that that is uh, that is what, you know, that's what the fans want to see. You know, we yeah. want to see action. We, we didn't come here to see, you know, this, this tit for tat, you know, type right. of thing. You know what I mean? Especially well, when we can't know, see whole cards. I mean, there's, there's an element like the poker is is, is male dominated, 
most of the people I, I see in poker are UFC fans, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of got. It's got to kind of ah, your face, whatever. I'm gonna kick your ass. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. You know that, that type of thing. You know that's 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 what entertains. Yeah. Uh, but it's also chess, and I think that like people can respect those aim, end game strategies and the things that are, you know, taking precedent. Like your overall EV is always going to take precedent, and if Doug has five x the action on the side while laying a big price of like four to six to one, of course he's going to fold his way out, right? Like there's just no doubt I, about I, it. I mean, I, I, I would not be angry at him if he did that. Right, right, of course. How could I you? wouldn't be angry at him, I'm just like, so be it, we tried. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, I mean, he takes a knee with two minutes on the clock, like what are you gonna do? If you're Daniel, you just recoup some of your your uh, lost big blinds and, and you, you call it a day, like you, you tip your cap to the guy. And honestly, yeah. from Daniel's side, it's such a win too. You know, if Doug's taking a knee up like five buy-ins, four buy-ins, something like that, nobody would have ever predicted. Like, I don't know what the spot was. I think I saw Rob Young tweet that he was getting seven big blinds per hundred. Uh, and you may have gotten even better. I got uh, 9.3 and eight. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, if, if the final tally is minus four big blinds from Daniel's side, like you guys crush. Yeah, we're happy. I'm, I'm chilling. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Daniel's playing. Daniel might be playing 200, 400, but I'm playing 600, 1200. Right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> you go. Know what I mean? So, you know, except I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of big every hand. You know, I get yeah. that little every hand played. I get a little, 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 little piece, little See, juice. That's why you're sharp, and why I'm just sitting here uh, hosting a, a daily stream show. No, no. I mean, like I, I've, I fired all across the board. I bet on the. The even money i got the big blind bets you know i just i just i just believed in daniel's work ethic and 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 the, and the training program and then the rest was just like i feel like it's positive expected outcome bet you know and it was just yeah. like all right fire it and then whatever happens you know i could be wrong i've been wrong a zillion times well i mean that's kind of the thing I, right that's how you accumulate wealth is you you find a bunch of bets that you believe in that are positive some and you just fire yeah, I mean that's what the uh, that's what the GameStop guys are doing, right? There's yeah. like this is positive expected outcome. If we could just buy this many shares, you know, there's no more shorts to be had. It's gone. Right. So Andre, our producer, was kind of filling us in on uh, what's happening with the with the GameStop stuff. Apparently, the Reddit thread was forced to go private. Their Discord chat was actually closed, and it crashed. Uh, at least initially, the stock price by like minus $100 and now it's stabilizing around minus 50. Um, I don't know nearly enough to know what that means uh, as far as like the future of their play. Do you have like any any insight on that, Bill? I mean, this, this is a squeeze play and eventually it ends, right? There's, yeah. there's no fundamental basis on this valuation. I mean, the, the highest this stock has traded, I think in its history Right in the good old days when everybody bought their video games at GameStops, I think it was like fifty-five bucks or something like that. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, it's it's uh, you know it, it was roughly six, seven times its highest price ever. And mm -hmm. This is when times were good, when it actually earned money. Right. Right. Um, and so this always ends badly, and most people believe you know they'll get out before. You know, they'll wind up selling, you know, the dream is, is you buy it, the shorts buy at the top, you sell to the shorts at the top, and then, you know, you go home, you don't care what happens, right? Yeah. But um, based on what I saw, 
you know, this is the dangerous part of it. Like, there's a lot of people, you know, I guess they're punting what they can lose. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people because, the sh- you know, shares would be available to borrow, not available to borrow. And, you know, when I was shorting it or trading it, I could see that, oh, no shares available to borrow. I actually got caught on those. Like, I was doing uh, synthetic arbitrage. Mm-hmm. Basically, getting long via the options and selling the futures because the, the retail is long calls. And instead of selling the futures, they just sell the calls out. Right. So the calls get really depressed relative to the price, and you can there's an arbitrage. But in order to do that arb, you have to be able to sell a stock. Yeah. And so when the stock wasn't available to be borrowed, I was like, oh, there are people who are buying now in their cash account, right, and holding it. So there's new buyers if I can't short this. Right, right. right. And at least that's my theory of what's going on. And so I'm like – Okay, I might have got hurt getting short, but these guys are definitely going to get hurt being long. Some yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you know, Chamat Savi, right? He's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He <laughs> bought the 150 right. call. He saw it could pipe. He, you know, the thing traded 350 in the morning, like pre-market. It was, you know, I was selling 334s and stuff like that, like, yeah. right? And he, you know, he's out at whatever, made a gazillion dollars, right? Uh, yeah. On his on his fifty thousand a uh, five hundred thousand option buy and uh, he's gone, so he's not going to be a guy holding the bag. Right, right, of course, of course. Right. But there's there's going to be somebody holding the bag. Yeah, that was kind right. of the commentator's point today was that uh, you know there's going to be some dumb money that should be protected in all of this because they're going to buy into something they saw on the internet, and I guess uh, Shamas' response to that is like, well, that's pretty much always the case. That's just the free market at work. Yeah, um, th- yeah. I mean, there's some truth into what Shimon is saying. Um, it's just, you, you know, there's a there's a level of camaraderie amongst these guys, right? There has to be mm-hmm. to go in there. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of you know, it's a game of musical chairs, right? And then, you know, the music does stop, and you don't you know you want to have a chair, you want to have a sale that you can get out and, and what's going on. And, you know, I'm not saying it's the squeezes over and the shorts are there, but eventually, you know, it was Krispy Kreme donuts. It was so-and-so. It was Volkswagen. Like, we've seen this before. Right, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah. nothing. The, the only thing we don't know is, is what, what is the absolute high print for this stock. Yeah. Right? Why is your, your boy playing faster now? I don't like this. I don't know. Maybe he, he, he feels comfortable. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what was going on. This, this is... Uh, if I do have one criticism of Daniel uh, long term, it's and it, to be fair, it's a byproduct of like having to be versatile throughout the entirety of this match. But he's not very rigid when it comes to uh, developing strategy, which is both good and bad, right? It's great when you're learning because it allows you to kind of check your baggage at the door and just do better. But like, you know, the 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 tanking was working and will continue to work for the purposes that you're trying to fulfill. Uh, deviating off of it because you get a little bit bored kind of sucks. Is Daniel still, maybe you don't even know this, but I guess I'll just ask your opinion. Do you think Daniel is still uh, operating under the two hour time constraint and get the hell out of here, get back into the lab kind of mentality? I, I think he's using the force, you know? Yeah. Um, I think he's figuring out how the game is flowing, what he thinks the, the current meta is. And, yeah. you know, he'll use the force. If he feels it's, it's good, then I, I think he'll play a little longer. And if he, he feels like it's, neutral or bad or he's in a spot where he's lost in a lot of couple hands he'll mm-hmm. have to call it and hit the lab uh, I'll, I'll tell you what uh just from a sheer annoyance 
factor, I think I would I would quit at the two hour mark every time if I were him. Like, it's a lot more exhausting when uh, when you're not in the game flow, right? It's very easy to kind of just like lock in, randomize your spots, run them the way that you know your frequencies are supposed to run when the cadence of the game is exactly what you expect it to be. It's always a button raise. It's always a three better call, right? Like you, you just stay within game flow. Now we add this other thing and this other thing also comes with like super small pots that we're kind of disinterested in emotionally. Um, yeah. That would make me check out pretty quickly. Kind of like when Daniel takes a minute 20 every single hand to act, Doug probably checks out pretty significantly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I would, I, you know, for me, not knowing, you know, how much Daniel's absorbed, I, I would be in favor of making these shorter sessions for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I will then, say this much at this point. Play. I'm pretty confident that he tastes blood and he wants to fucking win badly. Uh, so I think that I don't know what the previous 19,000 hands looked like as far as like his willingness to just be all in on strategic adjustments and hitting the lab and stuff like that. But I do, I would, I would make a strong guess that these next 5,400 hands, he is going to do everything within his power to increase his win rate. Yeah. Or at least from a, a, a perspective of somebody who bet him, I sure as fuck hope that's true. Yeah, I, I think he's got to do that. He's got to hit the lab and he's got to have the pot start a little bit bigger. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, especially like, you know, if we end up playing 300 hands today that are effectively break even. It, it, it's it's weird to play in a scenario like this where you have that ticking clock over your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, but it makes it exciting, right? It's like, oh no, only, you know, I love the counter you guys put up. You know, I, I, told, I told you guys, you got to put up the hand counter so we can know how much is left. It's like a sports thing, right? Yeah. Like guys are sweating it like shit. You know? Yeah. Andre. Real-time sports, really great. I also like that you got the Bitcoin up top. I mean, you got some good <laughs> shit going on here at Berkey. I, I think there's a lot we can do. Uh, Andre's kind of a, a, a sick genius behind the scenes. He built the hand counter. Like, he just wrote a script for it, which is impressive in and of itself. Um, yeah, I think there's things we can do to mess with, like, the overlays. Obviously, if we could get whole cards, like, it would just be a game changer. Where are you currently at, uh, Austin? Uh, right now, I am in Houston. Oh, you're in Houston now. Was Austin just a temporary stop? No, I actually uh, bought a vacation home in Austin. Okay. Uh, for the family. And so... Seems like a good investment right now, given uh, the mass exodus of San Fran to Austin. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm going to die with the property. Or I'm actually, my kids are going to have it. It's going to be their problems, etc. You sure. know, I, I, I made the investment in order to create memory dividends with the family. You know, so... I was like, I got daughters that kind of like don't want to hang out, but if I get a nice place with lake or whatever, they'll bring their friends, I'll yeah. come, I'll get time with them, that type of thing. So that was the, the main thing. And I can bring my home, you know, my mom, whatever, family compound, we'll all get together. Sure. So and create some memories. So um, I did get offered 10% to get the hell out seven days after I bought it. Really? Yep. <laughs> wow. Just like that, huh? <laughs> Own it for it, a week. It was, it, Here, here's your profit. Yeah, I, I, I had no intentions of paying in this price range or buying this place. So I went down to go look at places in Austin, and it was it was bonkers, the prices. I was like, mm -hmm. what? This is Texas. Like, this is not, <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard it's whatever. just like, yeah, I've heard the, the properties have just, like, massively inflated there. 
and they and they have no supply. Like I thought, like you know, whenever you're going to buy something like a car or whatever, and you know, the sales guy's like, we only have one left, and another guy is looking at it, and mm-hmm. you always think it's like a tactic, right? Like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To get you to buy it or whatever. And uh, you know, we went to the place, and it's like, oh, we have a bid on it just as you're you're getting it. And when I saw the place, I fell in love with it. I was like, this is this is this is it. Like I, I already had like future dreams of hanging out and throwing parties and hanging out. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to bid to my, my, you know, I'm going to try and lowball and get like X off. Right. Then it was like, Oh, get a bid. And I was like, crap. Now it's competitive. Right. Right. right yeah. And, so, and then on top of that, they're like, Oh yeah. And another guy from California is flying in this week to come look at it. It's brutal, I man. Like, I was like, shit, if a guy from California, California, you know, it's like, you know, they're going to buy it. Right. Yeah. Like, they're used to paying ridiculous prices for yeah, property, yeah, yeah. and when they're saving fourteen percent on their taxes, it's almost like the the property's free, right? right. Even though it, to me, I'm like, this is a gargantuan amount of money. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, um, long story short, I, I, I bid, you know, my exact indifference point. Um, they asked if I can move quickly. I said nobody moves faster than me, so I got the property. And then, literally, like seven days after I closed. Uh, they they were like, I have an unsolicited offer to a buyer who wants to pay you ten percent profit to leave. It's insane. I mean, like you're just you're literally saying no to six figures immediately, just immediately, right? Yeah, I had to. I mean, I couldn't replace it. I was like, you know, yeah. I, I and you know, I did this whole thing. Like, I was like, I didn't tell my daughters I bought it. I took them down for the third viewing. I said, what do you think? And then you know, I t- I surprised them. I said, yeah, I got it. It's yours. It's a family compound. We're all gonna whatever there's crying and tears and happiness and you know yeah. and then i'm gonna go oh, sorry i sold it for <laughs> <laughs> well 10%. you can get a place that's 10 percent more expensive now bill yeah no you can't because there's there's there's, there's just no more land yeah yeah right? I, it's like I, I, on a river you want to be on the lake like you what are you trying to build this hands like i i was thinking i like literally thought i was like okay can i cobble together a couple lots and do right. whatever and make it and i was like no man i'm i'm, I'm 52 it's gonna take me a while I, you know my daughter's gonna graduate next year i don't have time for all that yeah you know? that makes sense yeah um, I, I think it's fascinating what's happening with all the tech industries moving to austin uh i think san francisco is going to be in a really bad way um in the next five to ten years there was already like you know massive uh issue with um you know drug usage and homelessness uh i actually did a keynote speech there for the recovery center and you see it like you see both sides of it right there was so much wealth in silicon valley but there was also so much poverty and now with all of that wealth and uh all, all the jobs and companies that come alongside of it leaving what does that place end up looking like it's gonna be in ruins i mean i i don't know it's just that california policies are driving the productive people away for sure for sure. really productive people away yeah and and the signals they're showing where they want to go in their tax regime and rules and laws etc mm-hmm. is even just even worse right it's bone chilling and yep. so the 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 one percent in california paid 48 percent of the taxes right there wow so you 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 can't really stomach too many of them leaving it doesn't really take that much of an exodus to really hurt your tax base yeah yeah of course of course right uh, yeah that's it's what i mean so, I, I think like it's possible that they just are bankrupt within the next five years 
Well, I have another friend that has a tech company startup, whatever. He moved to Austin. Another people are moving. I, I know a lot of people are moving. And then also one of the things we do, um, you know, we track it for natural gas use is like um, we figure, well, what indicators can we get real time that pe- where people are moving? And we, we started scraping U-Haul one-way rates. Mm-hmm. So California to Texas and Texas to California and then looking at the difference. Right. Right. And, and, and that kind of gives you an indication of where people are moving. Right. And then I, I, I tweeted out a map of it, like what the data shows. So we, we scrape that. We look at, you know, all the demographic data. We try and pull um, licenses, you know, total mm-hmm. licenses in the state. Yep. with the month, month, year and year change. And, and, and like, you know, all the anecdote and all the data is like t- Texas, Austin, San Antonio, these, Miami, Florida, the warmer states in the south with low, low tax, low cost of living or whatever. People are fleeing these high tax high cost of living states right uh, yeah i mean yeah, yeah. I, I mean obviously it makes sense especially to go to places where there's uh no state income tax um where else would you rather operate a business well yeah not, not only that like where they're talking about wealth tax and in you know in all kinds of capital gains adjustments and it's not there right they put a bill out right whatever yeah. but it's like you know the writing's on the wall and people are like you know this this is the last straw and then i think also you know, the, the whole forced experiment on remote work mm-hmm. has got people going, wait a minute, why do I need to be here? I'm super you know excited I mean? for short-term societal gains from work from home. Like, yeah. to me, especially, yeah, especially somebody who's never grinded a nine to five and never had that desire, it just seems so much more productive and people get so much of their time back. Yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest raises you can possibly have. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, can, I think sacrificing money for work from home privileges is like a no brain. Well, you, you net make out, right? Because you, you, you get the commute time back, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that whatever your time, your hourly time is worth that for each time. The unpaid, um, the unpaid lunch hour. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fact that you're, um, you can now, you know, a lot of people have to are forced to pay for a more expensive apartment or home in order to be close to work. Right. Right. Yep. So there's that hidden tax, that housing tax of like, yeah, I work at so-and-so and I got to live here in order to, you know, be within 20 or 30 minutes. So my right. commute isn't ridiculous. Right. So you're paying, you know, an extra thousand, two thousand or whatever, a hundred, whatever it is just to be close to work. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't show up. Right. Like you don't, People don't think about that, but now it's like, oh, I don't necessarily need to live in this crowded whatever place. I get that money back. I get my time back. You know what I mean? Yeah, it also brings yeah. industry potentially back to like more rural areas because now uh, you'll see more affluent people populating those areas because they're not forced to be city dwellers. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, then, and now it's like, oh, I can live where I want to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I can, live, I can live, you know, I can work for somebody, you, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma and live in, you know, Sarasota, Florida or vice versa. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so now you, you, you're really starting, you're getting more variables to, to design the life you want. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think that that freedom is not just great, but something that should be taught to everybody to some degree. Cause I think for a long time we've been abiding by the constraints of the industrial revolution where it's just like, everything that we know and cherish as far as our tradition goes with regards to life relationships work whatever it's born out of the idea that you're going to work on an assembly line and just stamp product for eight to ten hours a day or you know mine 
uh, mine a mine or uh, work in the steel mill or whatever the case, those jobs are done. That's not, that's not where we add intrinsic value any longer, right? Like we yeah. are the brains behind the algorithms now. We're the, the people doing uh, data mining and it's, it's not brute force labor any longer. So we can't really construct life around the, the concept that that's the way our resources are best spent. I, I, I agree. There's, you know, the, 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 the change is happening right now, you know, changes are accelerating. And, and I think, you know, one of the, the bright spots out of this pandemic is, is that corporations and small businesses were that are, you know, knowledge-based business or office type businesses were forced to run this experiment. Whereas before they were like, no, I can't take that risk. What if it right. goes wrong or whatever? And they're finding out, wait, it's more productive. My employees are happier, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. As long as I get them set up with like noise canceling headsets or make sure they have a comfortable chair or whatever, whatever equipment or process. Very cheap overhead. Very cheap. Overhead. Yeah. Yeah. The lead. Then it's like, yeah, you know, cause I have people, I have, you know, I have people in my office in the trading office that were, they need to, but they were commuting from Sugarland in the Houston, which is like hour each way. Right. I mean, to get 10 hours a week back of your life. Yes. It's just amazing. Like now you're catching your kids' games after school instead of like, oh, I missed it because of traffic. Right. It's just you're spending time with your neighbors. You're having lunch with your neighbors and getting to know people in your neighborhood instead of, you know, always having lunch with people at work. You know, you're developing better social skills. You know, a lot of people are dependent on their 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 socializing with work. Yeah. Right. I, so then when they retire, they're like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have any friends. I don't right. know anybody. Right. Like. You know, also, secondarily, like it allows you to create value too, right? Like a lot of people who are forced into uh, traditional nine to fives where they are kind of a cog in the machine and aren't necessarily adding value. They're just adding a skill set that's necessary for the company to flourish. Well, now they have all those extra hours back. And if there is a passion project or some riskier endeavor that they want to take on, they could potentially be a second source of income that does add value somewhere. Like that's an opportunity that they can actually capitalize on because they're not putting in the traditional 40 any longer. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree. You and I are pretty much on the same page on this one, on the, on the benefits. And I think it's gonna unleash a lot of creativity and, and fulfillment. And I think that's the direction we have to go, right? Like technology's gonna replace us as far as brute force labor goes. Machines are just yeah, smarter and more efficient than us. Yeah, and, and certain fields for sure are faster than others. Yeah, um, right, right. It's just, you know, I, I've been working, like I, I went into this field and trading because, and the way the technology is, is because the freedom it affords you both financially, but also remotely, right? Like I, I like people are like, oh, are you still working? I'm like, I'm, I'm always working, right? But my, my, my research comes on my phone. I can see whatever, I've got this big screen phone. It has this, my trading, everything, right? Like. Mm -hmm. I, I, that allows me to go anywhere and make my office anywhere. Otherwise I would have quit a lot, a long time ago. Right. Right. So I know that you and Daniel share, uh, coaches or your team or whatever. Um, have you been a part at all of any of the training or like, have you like eavesdropped it? No, not, not out of the heads up training, you know, Daniel's got to go. Um, you know, I don't want to interfere with that. Yeah. Daniel's got, Pride, money, everything on the line. Sure. You know what I mean? I make, I, I just got side bets. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I guess I was, let me reframe the question. I wasn't asking if you had any input. Uh, I was just more so saying, like, are you sitting in just to collect information yourself? No, after the fact, I, I, I may ask, like, what did you learn? What did we go over? What did we learn? Yeah. What's yeah. the strategy, et cetera. Yeah. I know, so, like, being a part of an inner circle like this, like, you know, it's, it is kind of like, uh, <laughs> 
Well, like you're the I, cut I, I man, do, you know. I do put my two cents in. I'm like, will you please unlock the overbets? You know that right. type of stuff. You know, like I want to see more overbets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that type of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, like you know, well, you're you're a part of the squad in some regard. Like whether you're the cut man or the hype man or whatever. Like you know, yeah, you're yeah. in that corner. Yeah. I'm in the corner. I am rooting for certain things. I haven't seen it today. Mm -hmm. the things I'm rooting for, but uh, you know, it might be a function of this new limping strategy. It may be function of you know what's going on and the hands he got, but I would love to see more um, substantial bets. Yeah. I, I would turn. love to see him go back to taking his time in banking down, even though it's unbearable to watch. And my initial reaction to it was, I can't fucking do this. If he's going to do this for the entire stream, I'm out. But uh, my secondary reaction to it is just fucking do it, man. Like for the lols for uh just for all the shit talk but also just for the sake of strategy like it, it just there's no way around it it absolutely benefits him so of any of these uh cryptocurrencies are, are you in any of them uh only bitcoin and i'm balls deep bill balls, balls deep. deep yeah balls deep i like that I, Hold uh... on a hello yeah i asked doug i said are we gonna see Every single hand, he said that'd be hard to do. I understand why, but it'd be really interesting to have all the hands revealed yeah. after this match. Right? I agree. I agree. I think that, like, well, I think it would be interesting. I also think it would be. Um, I don't want to go so far as to say game changing, but I do think that, like, there would be elements of heads up poker that may be influenced moving forward if we were able to see twenty five thousand hands of an established pro and somebody who's learning to close that gap right because yeah. at a bare minimum we can see where daniel went from losing money to no longer losing money and i think that that's worth a fuck ton to anybody who's attempting to uh learn poker as a whole but specifically learn heads up um i think the big challenge is that wslp software just doesn't offer an easy way for that to occur and yeah they'd have to like agree to do it and then put it out and even if they agreed I, I don't know how well 888 would be able to facilitate i mean maybe they could email each of them a complete database of their hands i'm not sure yeah it'd be good and everybody can go in and be like okay who actually played better versus what happened you yeah. know i mean there's meat on the bone man uh doug is a profit driven dude if he can get the hands and daniel will agree I certainly could see a 999 upswing course in the future. <laughs> yeah, 999. Call now. Yeah. Get a free T-shirt. Yep. Doug comes out of retirement for an extra like month to promote it. Does some of the commentary on it, whatever. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, it's been grueling. They, I mean, they, they, if they can get some sort of. Uh... Yeah, I think the payoff for that would be very big for his company. Uh, I imagine that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. They could easily do seven figures in revenue on something like that. I also thought like this match could have gotten a little bit more uh, hype, TV time, etc. Like some coordinated marketing, to just to, for the for them, but also for the poker universe. You yeah. know. Yep. I mean, um, with Sheldon passing. Mm -hmm. Um, there, that's a big voice against uh, the legalization of online poker everywhere. Yeah, against, being against, and it, it's um, it's no longer there. Right. Uh, so, might might be you know, 
we might be, you know, a year or two away from back to the good old days. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still challenges that lie ahead. Uh, I think everybody's of the impression that it's just been regulation that's been holding this up, but there are other issues like uh, specifically shared liquidity. So I know that California hasn't come into play, not because of lobbyist or regulation, but because they refuse to share liquidity with anybody. So now operators don't really have much incentive to, uh, you know, pay absorbent costs to get into California only to be restricted from sharing that prize pool with, or, or the, the uh, liquidity pool with other markets that they are players in. Um, and I think like for the inverse, that's why like stars hasn't put any effort into coming into Nevada. The market's just so fucking small and they have so much red tape that they have to jump through getting a physical place and whatever else to, to try to compete for a tiny little liquidity pool. Yeah, but there's there seems to be friends at a court that just want to be like, just remove all federal barriers. Yeah, yeah, that part I think would be pretty interesting. So I wonder. Uh, okay, so like from that examine or examining from that point, um, do you think that that means a potential quote unquote unregulated market reemerging, where like Possibly. licensing and gaming isn't necessarily needed? I don't know. I mean. Um... I need to talk to my friends who are closer uh, to like, you know, the lobbyists and the rules and what's going on and what's mm -hmm. holding them back. Right. And the things they, they, the obstacles are gone. So I can really talk. And I think we should probably get Rob Young on the phone and see what he thinks. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. He's probably pretty dialed in, uh, especially with let, let me Let me see if I can call Rob and see what he says. Like, Shut up, Perkins. <laughs> Do you have any, uh, any travel plans now that, COVID. Well, I don't. I don't know that COVID's lessening. I know in Nevada it's at least lessening, but I think it's just because it's so goddamn cold. And nobody wants to go outside. Um, it actually is. I mean, the hospital. You know, we track that um, intently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have COVIDMathBlog.com. Um, okay. Uh, that, that we made public. I, I posted a link on it, and, and every day it updates the stats, the studies, latest things, recommendations, and it has like a grid and, and charts on what the trends are. So. You know, you would expect um, with a since 65 and older is over half the, the deaths, mm -hmm. right, and hospitalizations, et cetera, that when you target them about a month to um, whatever later that you would see deaths and hospitalizations go down, right? Okay. Because it's, it's highly effective against severe COVID and 95% and, and effective against just getting it, right? And so since they're such an outsized portion of deaths and hospitalizations, you're starting to see that capacity in California, et cetera, loosen up. You know, that's a combination of two things. Um, enough people catching it that people self-isolate. Right. Right. You stay away from that guy and stay away from this guy. And I've already got it. Mm -hmm. And 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 the vaccine starting to take effect in your most vulnerable um, population. So, you know, I speculated um, a couple months ago that when the vaccine came out, and the way, to, the way the vaccine distribution is going on, you you know, 30, 45 days, 60 days after that, you're going to see massive declines, outsized declines in deaths and hospitalizations just because of, of you know, who's getting them first, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, that being said, I'm going to St. Thomas and then I'm going to St. Bart's. Okay. Seems like a reasonable place to spend the winter. I've had my first dose of the vaccine okay. in St. Thomas and I will have my second dose on the 5th. 
and I will be weapons free after the second dose. <laughs> Good for you. I got those antibodies. I uh, I was lucky enough to be totally asymptomatic while uh, nice. while having it other than losing my taste, which was good because it signaled that I had it and I knew enough to get tested. But man, uh, eating is weird. I have a very bland palate to begin with. I eat boiled chicken regularly. But like when you literally can't taste anything, it's weird because textures are heightened so much. Right. So it's like you want crunchy things or soft things yeah. or whatever the thing is. Salty idea, right? things, like I can catch a hint of salt uh, or uh, like, like, um, sour the, those were you know you couldn't really taste it but like there was a hint of it at least so it felt like you were getting some flavor how about lemon juice does that do anything or no um again like i knew that i was drinking or, or, or like i knew that it was not tasteless but i couldn't really like say uh you know it was if you if you put a blindfold on me i wouldn't necessarily know it was a lemon let's put it that way yeah yeah, I have a friend that had the same thing. They lost a lot of weight. They were overweight and they lost their permanent. So far, six months afterwards, they still don't have their That's taste great. Oh, he still doesn't have his taste? Oh, wow. I, yeah. was, gonna, I was just saying yeah, it's great that, uh, that they lost the weight, but that's brutal that still don't have yeah. to taste or smell. I mean, but I, I think net net they'll have a longer life because they lost so much weight. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. 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 I mean, you fall yeah. out of love with food, right? It's it's kind of a cultural shift. Um, yeah. We have this right. food became fuel, not like a, a pleasure center. Yeah, right? by, yeah, by yeah. force. So the answer to the question is, is uh, yeah, I'm going to go into the Caribbean. Nice. Uh, first week in February. Yeah, it's a brutal place to spend the winter. I, I, yeah. I feel for you, man. Um, <laughs> prayers, thoughts, and prayers, please. <laughs> Wayne Simmons wants to know what your biggest profit session of poker ever was. Profit? Yeah. It's like two point something million. Wow. I think it's two million. You know, yeah. it's not easy to make me say, wow, I've played some big fucking games. That's, that's big. I mean, I've also lost that much. You know, you, you yeah. get. That's the way it should be. Like, you should be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60 to 100% uh, your biggest loss and biggest win, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was, it was right around there. These games get ridiculous though. I mm -hmm. play and they just go, people just go nutty. <laughs> and they start out with like 40 grand or 50 yeah. grand on the table and then they just, people just get angry <laughs> i was playing uh yeah i was playing a 100 200 game private during during covid that routinely would turn into a six straddle game i was just like yeah. what, what are we doing here guys we all bought in for ten thousand to start this game and uh you know now we're straddling for six thousand yeah it goes up it goes crazy people buy to cover the biggest guy and then you know you you open up with queens and then you get four callers behind you yep. it's just like bingo. it's just those crazy games right yep. like, just, like, uh, we're dead. playing bingo for houses no big deal <laughs> it's, it is time it's like <laughs> my time has come you know what i mean yeah I feel you feel real good whenever there's all that money out there and you flop something yeah uh time tech says what do you think about the new face drive company face drive yeah i don't know what that is either i'm i'm unaware all right Sounds, I mean, uh, sounds non-important to us. Uh, Jenna Cat says, how did you make your fortune? Are you lifetime up or down in poker? I would, ooh. Including tournaments, I think I'm lifetime up. Good for now. you. No, 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 no. I gotta be lifetime down, lifetime down. I'm forgetting one year that was absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 still lifetime down. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Uh, 
um, you know, the tournament banks help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, you look classy as fuck when you were out there at the uh, at the one drop final table. I mean, they they asked me to dress. They said, "Everybody, please come dressed up." I scrambled that morning to go get it, but I, I threw it together. Right, that suit I, was I, fly. I was a fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how did it make my fortune? Uh, primarily through trading natural gas. Yeah. I, I speculate on the price of natural gas. Seems like the right thing to do you know what you're doing um what do you think about policies of angry of the policies of andrew yang um some of them i agree with um in direction Mm -hmm. and some and but sometimes not with magnitude and and some of them i'm just like no you know but i i do think um two things about andrew yang he he is a pragmatic guy trying to solve problems not trying to score points yeah and so i really appreciate that even if i disagree with his approach or whatever like he he is he's the type of person that i would want in office i might like vehemently oppose and lobby against some of his policies sure or the or the magnitude of them but um he he is the you know i i like andrew yang yeah i i have similar sentiments uh i don't know his policies well enough and i probably don't even know governmental policies well enough to to kind of comment but he seems to me like a root cause analysis guy who's truly trying to get to the core of problems and solve them from the inside out rather than just slap a band-aid on something drive up the the national debt and call it a day yeah uh, and and you know, if he's if he's if he's if he's talking about like you know, it seems like every you know Democrat problems it's the print money and the print more money party, mm-hmm. you know. But the allocation of that money and who it goes to matters. And you know, at least he's allocating it to the source directly to the people, cutting out bureaucracy. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And addressing a problem. Um, you know, I I I mean, if if I, you put a gun to my head, that versus these corporate bailouts and and cronyism, I'll, I'll take Andrew Yang any day of the week. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Um, Let's see. Sugar W wants to know what your favorite prop bet that you've been involved in was. I have two Um, off the top of my head that I think are are pretty interesting. I I like the Staples bets. Um, That was one of the ones I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, that that one was was great. Daniel gets stacked. Jack's first sevens. Oh, no. They just got it in and and then that was it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the other prop bet? Other than, well, actually, let me ask you about the Staples one first. Uh, obviously, the first one was pretty incredible. They had to get within one pound of one another. Yep. And they had a year or months to do so. I can't recall. I think, I think they had. I don't know. It's a good question. I think it might have been a year, or it might have been ten months, some 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 set amount of time. And you were laying right? a big price, right? Yeah, I laid like a ridiculous odds for them to go do it. So they had, they, you know, what are they gonna do? Put up a you know, I, yeah. I got to give them the odds to fit their, their bankroll. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the so follow-up bet was insane. It was... A body fat percent bet. Yeah, but they were... Uh, Jamie was betting you at, like, even money, right? No, he. I think he was getting some odds. Okay. On, but he... he um, Do you he, recall the stipulations, got, like, what his body fat percentage had to be or, or how much he had to lose? Yeah, it, you know, body fat bets are, are different than weight loss bets uh, significantly. There's a lot of uh, weightlifting and all kinds of other things that you're doing different. Like you're basically trying to become a bodybuilder, right? right? Yep. Sculpting your body. 
as opposed to just, you know, I don't care if I burn muscle and fat. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want to lose weight. Um, and I, and I think they're, they're, they're actually healthier. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Hold on. Or wholeheartedly. Uh, I made one with Christian that he, he early paid on. Um, so we made it November, 2019 and he was 39% body fat at that point. And I laid him five to one, uh, on losing half of his body fat percentage, which I think is like insane odds. Uh, so I risked 25 to his five. And did did he do it? No, he, he basically, he basically paid me. So he was on track. Uh, I would say he was on track the first two months. And then I would say that he kept himself in a position to potentially win it the next three months. So for the first five months of the challenge, I would say that he was within striking distance. Let's say that much Um, because he lost a lot of weight. So he probably dropped like 50 pounds overall. But the thing was, is he wasn't he wasn't uh, he wasn't doing it very scientifically. Um, Right. So his body fat percentage only dropped like three percent. He went from like 39 to 36, despite having lost like a quarter of his body weight. Uh, And I think that that frustrated him on top of the fact that live poker opened up right around that time (laughs) and was really, really juicy. So he just like, he ended up playing like 300 hours in the month of August and made like a pile of money and effectively just paid me. Was just like, yep, that's it. Yeah, he's done. Can't take a month off and expect to get back to this. Like just done. Yeah, it's a it's a huge discipline bet. I mean, a massive discipline bet. Um, yeah, I think so too. But that was good because I think they inspired a lot of other people, and a lot of other people did all kinds of things like losing weight or blah blah blah, reading book, learning language, and I, I thought that ripple was really good. So did you ever talk to my... him about the second half of the bet or this the the second bet? The no, I think he just well, I used to talk to him. I was like, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z, and I think like you know he had a lot on his plate, um, and and really just didn't have the the. He couldn't make it the priority that it needed to be. Yeah. In order, in order to get there. Yeah, because he reverted like pretty heavily, right? Oh no, Daniel caught bluffing. That might be it. This is not what? swinging in the right direction. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. Um. So, what other questions we got in the in the story box there? Uh, one that seems to have caused some controversy but i'll ask it anyway what do you think about the keystone pipeline being scrapped i find that interesting that a company can put all this money into it get the permits or whatever and then by executive order it gets killed i I assume that there's some sort of compensation then fine that's what the rules are Mm -hmm. um i being in the oil and gas industry i am skeptical of the oil and gas guys, right? Yeah. And their methods and procedures and right of ways, et cetera. But they did have, you know, they did go through a permitting process. They did do this, it was that. And I know that there are people who are on the other side are just as unscrupulous um, making up reasons and trying to lay projects, et cetera, because they're, you know, they believe that we want to get off fossil fuels, et cetera. So it doesn't have to do necessarily with the merits of the permit. But it has to do with the with their totality of their argument against fossil fuels. So I, I didn't really, you know, to I'd have to really go dig in the docket and look at the path and et cetera to really give you an opinion. But that's just kind of like my top level thoughts. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it makes sense. Obviously, everything's going to come back to bureaucratic issues when it's 
when it's all said and done on these controversial things, right? Like usually you can yeah. follow the money, you can follow the policy and, and those two things are going to be pretty indicative of uh, where the ruling ultimately came from. I mean, you know, people, people had, you know, there's people who don't want it cutting through the under the land and a river and they have legitimate concerns. And there's a lot of people just like, I don't give a shit. I don't want any fossil fuels. And there's also competitors. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I remember when, um, it's way back when, I don't know if guys probably went, nobody probably even paid attention, but there was a guy who owned a bunch of coal plants, et cetera, lobbying against, uh, these natural gas plants going in, right? Like, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he supported all these environmental groups or whatever to attack these natural gas production, natural gas plants, because he owned coal power and he wanted to, you know, produce coal. Sure. Right. So these, you know, just, there's so much, um, this is why I'm a libertarian. There's so much gamesmanship going on in rules and regulations that's really meant to protect incumbent uh, business interests and not really protect people. Yeah. Huge part you know, There's some obvious right. ones like licensing laws in states, right? Like, why, why do you need a license to be an interior decorator, right? Yeah. To protecting companies, right? Why yeah. do you need a license to braid hair? You don't need a license to braid hair. And there's just like, there's like probably like hundreds of examples of this that, that basically get in the way of people getting out of poverty, creating a business, being entrepreneurs, but protect and entrench interests, right? Yeah. And, and, and stifle competition. Yeah. And I imagine like a lot of that again just comes down to like, how the bottom line is being distributed and uh right. you know lobbyists obviously are a big impact of that as well um yeah it seems like a rigged game you know at the end of the day like it's it's very hard not to say that it feels like a bit of a rigged game yeah it's like you know people complain about like uh medical device prices right like you get a hearing aid, it's like a couple thousand dollars. It's no different than like a, your 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 AirPods, right? Right, right, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. But it's a regulated medical device that has all these hoops and hurdles and things, and it uses that to jack up the price, right? And, and insurance is often paying, which is a whole nother yeah, it's layer. playing and it's jacked and it's a game and they're protected. And and you would think, hey, they would want to get rid of all these hurdles they have to go over them. No, 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 because that. That means every upstep guy can make a much better hearing aid product and sell it as a hearing aid, and right. and, and that would create competition, right? Yeah. Like you can buy a, a a stud finder that has sonar, right? And looks through your wall and gives you a picture or whatever. But you you know that same device is like you know something to look at your bones if your bones are broken is like you know 50x. Right. Right. right yeah. Same technology, same everything, and so you know. You know, there's a lot of regs out there that are really not for your benefit. They're actually to your detriment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, looks like we're at the GG point. Daniel lost a medium-sized pot where Doug hit running queens. Not sure what Daniel had. It was a free heart board. Um, yeah, I that would probably tilt Daniel and be like, okay, it's just not my day. Yeah, yeah. So that's I liked gonna... it better when he was down 90 and now he's down 135. Right. You know, great job with keeping the score. Uh, <laughs> And the hand count where it, you know. Just about 20. Uh, so we'll definitely cross the 20K mark next session. We, but we need the script to do one more thing. Okay. We need to have a hands for this session. Mm, how many they played, right? Yeah. Okay. Just a little, just a little subtraction for us, you, okay. you know. For I mean, us big blind betters out there. <laughs> sure, sure. That, uh, that I imagine will be super, super simple for, for Andre to implement. Matter of fact, he's at work as we speak, Perkins. Uh, 
thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Um, I really appreciate it. I know that this wasn't scheduled and your time is very precious. So, uh, you know, we appreciate the support. We appreciate you stopping in and divulging a little bit of what you know about the match. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to sweat it anyway. I'm, I'm happy to be on the show. And you guys got the, like I said, you guys got the best graphics. You got the up-to-date score. You got the hands graphics. You guys are the... NFL on Fox of, of <laughs> poker right now with, with you. Wait, what? there's more. This has to be just to fix the button. Yeah. Okay. This might be just to fix the button. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume so. But wait, that was it. <laughs> Suddenly they just start yeah. one tabling. All right, here we go. Yeah, that would be good. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys have a, have a good night and um, good luck to us in the next match. Thanks man. <laughs> Appreciate it. You got it.